Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs, embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges. Diversity and inclusion awareness is becoming more of a priority for companies. Many are looking for support to help their teams understand what diversity and inclusion really means and how to implement meaningful programs. Our guest today can help in that area. After going through gender transition, Kirsten Moore left her corporate career to start Terra Firma Transition Consulting to help companies and individuals work through challenges that transgender and gender diverse people face in the business world. She is here to help us become a little more aware this morning. Good morning, Kirsten. Good morning. Good morning, Tara. Good morning. Good to see you after your travel. Yes, nice to see you too. I know we're flying all over the place. Kirsten, thank you so much for coming in this morning. Absolutely. Um, You know, you have such an interesting story and we want to get to all of it. Um, I want to start with talking about how you were still working in the oil industry, oil and gas industry, when you went through your transition. How did that work? What was that experience like for you going back into work and working through your transition? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be totally honest with you, I, for a very long time, planned um, to leave the industry. Like, I I could not see myself um, existing, you know, downtown Calgary as a transgender woman working as, um, as a professional. So, um, for a really long time, as soon as I decided that that this was going to happen, my family decided that we we're going to walk through this, uh, we actually started spending a lot of time on plan B. So I went back to school um, weekends and part-time, got an undergrad in psychology. And my plan was actually to what they call parachute transition. So you kind of walk away from one world, tr- go through gender transition, and then you re-engage somewhere, somewhere else. And that really is the common um, experience for so many that, that are on this journey. Um, and it was really in the 11th hour that, uh, that we decided, you know, we had plan B, we had saved money to go to grad school and for me not to be working, um, but in the 11th hour, a couple of things happened. And um, one of those was looking at the people I worked with. And, um, and when I sat back and looked at it, um, as much as I was trying to tell myself that they were just colleagues and they just coworkers, they were good friends. And I knew their kids and um, had been to their weddings and, and things like that. Um, so I became really um, feeling like I didn't want to look back in 10 years and not really be sure what could have happened. Uh, so that that piece kind of started to crystallize. Um, the other aspect was uh, was just getting more involved uh, in the the two S LGBTQ plus and trans community in particular, um, and just seeing the struggle that existed. Um, and I was having <clears throat> coffee with a good friend and role model, and I was uh, I said, "What what can I do to help?" You know, once I get through my uh, my story, and she looked at me and she said. Uh, sometimes the best thing you can do is just stand up and tell your story. Um, so it was kind of in that moment that I said, you know what, let's just give this a shot. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I was in a, a senior leadership role. We got the the whole division together of a hundred people and I stood up in front of, of everyone. And, and I said, this is, this is who I am um, without any idea of how, how it was going to go, but I'll never forget the moment. And, you know, looking up from my sheet of paper into this auditorium, um, and seeing a hundred people like clapping, standing ovation and crying. And oh. it was just the most incredible gift uh, and start to this part of my, uh, my journey that I could have, I could have asked for. 
That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Is is that something that that is a common reaction in <laughs> your experience with other people? I don't. Um, my experience talking to others that have been through it, uh, that's certainly not, you know, not the common experience. I think the individuals that have, uh, have worked with me or have I, I've had the opportunity and, and pleasure to work with uh, going through their workplace transition, it's certainly been similar. Um, the more that, uh, that we can kind of prepare an organization and just really, you know, what I'm motivated to do is just create that really solid, solid ground or that softer place to land in something that is really uncertain, right? It's, I always say it's one of those things that you can't say and then say, just kidding, you know, like once, <laughs> once it's out, right? right? Um, uh, my spouse and I, we, we use the analogy of that morning of like launching the space shuttle is, you know, I stood up and, and sent her the, the text that said this was happening, right? When I did that, she sent notes out to all her family and, uh, and friends. So it was, it's like, there's no turning back. It's, um, one of the most terrifying moments of my life, for sure. But, <laughs> but it's opened this incredible door for uh, everything that I'm doing today. I, I want to ask you something about an article that you wrote. I think it was in an Airdream magazine. And um, there's one kind of sentence that caught my eyes, and I would like you to elaborate a little bit more. And you said, and I, I'll, I'll read it if you don't mind. Sure. The biggest lesson I learned through my transition was that my challenges – we're never about being a transgender. It was about being human. What do you mean by that? Absolutely. And I do a lot of speaking and I always start with that, uh, with that message. It's the, the, the biggest thing I learned going through it was that it was never, um, it was never about the, the transgender aspect of this. It was this idea of authenticity. Um, and I, you know, in all the years and in all the struggle leading up to that decision, um, I like I was, angry. And, um, you know, I, I looked around and thought nobody had to go through anything as hard as what I'm going through. You know, I was just so self-absorbed and focused on my own, uh, my own challenge. But when I went through transition I, and, and shared how, where I shared with you how I did that, um, it was, there's no choice but to be incredibly vulnerable. Um, and the thing that I didn't predict was that that vulnerability opened this door with so many people in my life and, and when people, um, you know, connected back with me and they said, uh, and they said, congratulations, I'm here to support you. So many people then shared their challenge and something that they were going through, um, that I didn't know about. I mean, I, I can say very genuinely that one of the hardest things about the, the time right after transition was learning how much I didn't know what people around me were going through. Um, so um, I always have this message. I always say I'm not a trans advocate. I'm an authenticity advocate. Um, and I think that, that so many of us are challenged, especially in workplaces, with that facade and that work-appropriate kind of um, um, conversations. And uh, I think so many people struggle with so much that just doesn't, doesn't get talked about. Um, <clears throat> so you mentioned that um, when you made the announcement, you had a full room, just standing ovation, clapped their hands. Tara was having tears in her eyes. Um, sorry, I didn't have. Uh, but, you know, we talk about the whole thing of LGBTQ and we talk about it in a, not in a f- positive fashion. And you describe a very positive kind of reaction. Share with us also the non-positive because we've, before we go into what programs we can 
you can offer, you know, companies or individuals. Let's talk about what's wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we can, we can, I think one of the biggest challenges advocating in the, the 2S LGBTQ plus world is um, there's very often this perception that, um, that that group has made a lot of progress. And, and for sure, there has been a lot of progress um, for, for different subgroups within that community. So, I mean, gay, lesbian communities, you know, there has been tons of progress. When we look at transgender, gender diverse, we look at uh, queer folks with disabilities, we look at queer people of color, um, all of those groups are are still really far behind with respect to um, equity and inclusivity in, in our society. A really good example is um, <clears throat> the, the Trans Day Remembrance just happened and uh, on November 20th, and when we looked at those statistics, which are heartbreaking, it was um, 300, 375 transgender individuals were murdered in in, uh, in the last year. So that they keep track of that every year throughout the world. When you look at that number, 96% of those individuals were, were um, black trans women. Um, so you start to appreciate kind of the intersectionality and the challenge within, uh, within the community. Um, when we look at Alberta specifically, we we can look at you know any statistic you want. We look at the the risk of suicide. We look at um, the the uh, disproportional amount of homelessness in the the queer community. Um, all of those things are are huge challenges and huge uh, huge barriers for folks. We need to take a break, Kirsten. You have uh, such a beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing with us. We want to know more about specifically what you do with companies and how you how you help companies as well as people within those companies who are transitioning or want to share some vulnerability in whichever way it is. Um, we'll be right back. Kirsten Moore from Terra Firma Transition Consulting. We'll be right back with us in a moment. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is sponsored in part by Canadian Western Bank. Obsessed with your success. It's time to partner with a bank that sees the world the same way you do. Visit cwbank.com. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs, embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges. We're back with Kirsten Moore, Terra Firma Transition Consulting. So Kirsten, I have a question for you. I own a company. I have 50 employees. And if I kind of connect with Terra and, and ask what can you do for me or for my company or for my employees to be better citizens in terms of inclusion and, and I would say equality. Mm-hmm. So what is the program that you can bring to a company like ours, small company, medium company, or big companies? Yeah, absolutely. And my biggest guiding principle in the work I do now is, is I always say that, that companies are as diverse as people. So I'd, I don't believe in kind of that off-the-shelf solution uh, <laughs> with anything, with training or with, with policy or with programs. I, I think that I have an obligation if I'm getting invited into a space to really understand what, uh, what your organization is, where the challenges are, and and, and really Really, where some of those uh, those barriers are, um, we usually always start with with that uh, that kind of uh, that deep dive, I guess, into the the corporate culture, um, and then out of that, we we back out, you know, really kind of a strategy with respect to how to um, how to address it. Education is certainly part of that, um, but I think that that so many organi- organizations stop there. 
Um, and in my opinion, with, with equity, diversity, inclusion strategies, I mean, education is necessary, um, but it's a very small piece of the pie, um, in my opinion. I, I think that you really need, um, it's all about creating, um, creating agency and pathway in an organization. So you need to, um, create an environment or a culture in which people trust they can bring them their full selves, their authentic selves to work every day, whatever that means. And then the pathway piece is, um, is all about, you know, kind of those tactical aspects of policies and, and making sure that you don't have any unconscious barriers, I guess, within, uh, within your workplace. So I read the piece uh, on your website about policies in companies <clears throat> and I, I, I didn't get it because we have policies in our company and, 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 you know, we have our policies that, uh, you're not allowed to do to offend anyone. Aren't we singling people out when we go into depth, to depth with policies that, you know, this is, you don't touch that person because of this or that. And maybe I'm not, I don't understand which policies you're talking about. Yeah. There's a couple aspects. I think the, you know, when you, when you look at respectful workplace policies or has been all those things that, that most organizations have, Really, the work there is is just updating the language. So a lot of policies, I think I've heard the stat is, but it's about half of, of Fortune 500 companies in North America don't have gender identity and expression protected in their policies. So most will have sexuality, but not identity and expression, which which is the intersectionality thing. So then that anyone trans or gender diverse isn't covered um, by your policy. Um, when I went through my transition, there was none of that in the corporate policy. So when I sat down with HR to tell them what was happening, I, I gave them updated, you know, here's what you need to change. Um, so that's part of it. When we look at at transgender, gender diverse people in particular, um, just having some documentation and maybe it's not a policy, but a process of the how. How do you actually navigate transition? When, the, when I'm sitting across from you and I'm about to tell you that I need to go through transition, I was, when I went through it, I was terrified. I had no idea how my privacy was handled. I had no idea who needed to know. Um, and I had all these questions. Um, and so the work that I do with companies is really to proactively build that, that document so that if somebody in your organization is thinking, I can't do this here, um, they can actually pull up, pull up this process and say, this is, this is how my privacy, this is how it's going to actually, uh, work. Um, and what I've seen working with companies in the last couple of years is that when people come forward or if I approach the company on behalf of the person, um, I haven't ran into a situation yet where the company is not all in support of. So I think that the challenge is, is that uh, companies are waiting for someone to come forward mm -hmm. instead of proactively putting that in place. And I believe very, very strongly that if you proactively put it in place, that will actually encourage people to come uh, come forward. People who are struggling with this or, or, or thinking about coming out are looking for the littlest signs. Mm -hmm. um, I worked for, with an individual who chose to come out at work because the company put the pride flag up for the first time. Um, that was their mm -hmm. signal that it might just be safe. Um, so to me, these are really, really easy fixes that we can do uh, just to create that. I'll send you an email with our policies. <laughs> <laughs> But it's so true. I mean, I, I've certainly had that experience where if you implement programs <clears throat> without it having to be big fanfare or anything, but the, so that people know that they are safe to be who they are. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you're in, when you're working with a company, how do you build compassion within mm. the company and acceptance? Yeah, I think that it's a huge, uh, it's a huge question and a huge goal. So um, I'm doing my, I went on and, and, 
am doing my master's in counseling psychology because I'm really fascinated about about these aspects is like from human behavior and biopsychology and those pieces. How do you actually build uh, build that connection to somebody's story or to a cause? Um, and when you look at it from that perspective or through that lens, um, it is this this concept of storytelling. You cannot go into an organization and just give facts and figures. I always say that's kind of like trying to chop wood with a sledgehammer. You know, if you just keep hammering the the, the courses without any meaningful connection to why this is uh, important, uh, you will lose people. So from a biopsychology perspective, what you're trying to do is is flip people back and forth between their limbic and logic centers. So it's it's doing a mix of education, but also here's an actual person, here's an actual story, um, is what we try and build into all of our uh, our training. So it's not just another lunch and learn or another. Right. Back piece. to the human connection. Yeah, right. Exactly. Building that empathy piece. Yeah. How, how does the uh, business world accept this whole change to in, in today's days? I think it's, I think my perception over the last couple of years, I mean, it's, it's been obviously, as you said at the start, it's, it's been a really big conversation over the last couple of years with, um, with uh, George Floyd and and the Black Lives Matter and all of that piece, um, and then all the the indigenous stuff that's happened in the um, <clears throat> in the last year, I think that there is a lot of companies who are very uh, very genuinely engaged and ready to do the work, and maybe just not sure where to uh, where to start. Um, you coming from the corporate world and using that corporate um, corporate lens. What I try and do, I don't think this has to look any different than than any other strategy that a company puts in place. We can we can build in a roadmap and milestones and and figure out you know what uh, what we're going to do or what success looks like. I think is a really big challenge for for organizations is not being able to define that. Where, where do you see? Um, where do you envision the conversation going forward? Because, as you mentioned, we made a lot of progress. It, mm-hmm. I think it started with Me Too before even George uh, Floyd. Absolutely, yeah. And since then, we've done so many other kind of organizations. Or Where do you see the conversation going forward now that it's becoming the talk of the day almost? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I, 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 I'm a forever optimist, so I, I see mm-hmm. the... Um, like the lens that I have, I see more and more people um, jumping in um, and more and more people willing to just try. And I, that's what I always say when I when I do the work that I do. I say it doesn't matter to me at all where you are in your journey. All that matters to me is just that you're stepping into it uh, to try. So looking forward, I think that's what I see. I, I see a lot more organizations, a lot more individuals jumping in. I mean, we can we can put all the policies in place. We can companies can put all the social media out they want. At the end of the day, this comes down to people. So if you are not engaging people uh, and building that connection and compassion with people, um, then I don't think we're going to be successful. So that really has to be kind of the, the foundations of the work. David mentioned earlier your quote about saying how authenticity helps build synergy in the workplace. I'm wondering um, if you can expand on that a little bit. We've got about a minute and a half, two minutes to about two minutes. Um, because I feel like this goes way beyond the LGBTQ community and trans community that anybody who has trouble showing any kind of vulnerability, can you expand on how you've seen that help companies with everyone? Absolutely. Yeah. I, it is exactly what you said. I, it is absolutely beyond just, just one subgroup. 
Um, and it is that, uh, you know, I, in my corporate days, I did all this training on authentic leadership and, you know, went all the training, bought all the books. Um, and after transition, I threw them all out because I, because <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's that, that vulnerability piece. And, and I always say when you, when you can create a work environment where people genuinely trust that, uh, that, that they are supported, that is when you get to the best that when I went through transition, I was managing a group of about 25, I would say. And the dramatic shift in our, in that, that team kind of environment or that, the, the morale and the connection was just dramatic uh, because people trusted if they weren't, it was okay to not be okay. It was okay mm-hmm. to have a quick conversation in the morning. It was okay to come talk to me about something non-work related, which may be uh, way me, way me going on or maybe going on. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, you know, as complicated as all this is, I think that it's, it's that simple. I, I think we might have to just throw out all of those. I'm your boss kind of cultures, um, and see each other as human beings and, uh, and just do everything we can be doing to support each other. Well, uh, Kirsten, thank you so much. Our, our guest today was Kirsten Moore, uh, founder of Terra Firma Transition Consulting. Uh, thanks you, thank you for kind of sharing more light on the subject with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the best. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is sponsored in part by Canadian Western Bank. Obsessed with your success. It's time to partner with a bank that sees the world the same way you do. Visit cwbank.com.